Parenthood is a time of so much change for you and your baby. A little reliable information can go a long way towards making this new life a good life. I'm Jessica Rolf, and this is My New Life, a Love Every Podcast. I remember when my baby boy took his first steps. He was almost 15 months old and walked all the way across the room holding two balls in his hands overhead. Here's the thing. I'm pretty sure he thought he was holding onto my hands. He had become so used to walking with my help that substituting the balls was all he needed to get that little boost of confidence. Leland also used a walker and a jolly jumper, you know, the one that hangs in a doorframe. Traditionally, we've been told that these help our babies develop the muscles they need to walk. But you may be surprised to learn that baby walkers are not legal in many countries outside the U.S. My guest today is someone who has spent her career ensuring toddlers set out on their right foot. Her name is Dr. Giselle Tadros, and she is a pediatric physical therapist and the founder of In-Home Pediatric Physical Therapy. Hi, Giselle. Hi, Jess. (laughs) I love following you on Instagram. It's so fun to get to talk to you today. Well, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. (laughs) I'd love for you to share from your expertise, like what do you see as the most common reasons a parent of a toddler comes to you for help? So I've seen kids that maybe are late walkers. Sometimes kids um, take a little bit more time to figure out how to walk. Some kids that can be toe walkers as well. So they are walking, but they're up on their toes and not going all the way down. Some kids that have frequent falls are falling often. Um, and also kids that have some core strength delays. And that shows up in toddlers as like balance issues. So those are the kids that are a little bit more clumsy or falling often when you compare them to their peers. And some kids that just aren't running around like you would expect them to that are like sort of a little bit more inactive. And these are the ones that we always worry about when moms say, oh, they're awesome. These kids don't bother me. They sit down at home and they mind their own business. And, you know, for us as a therapist, that's a big red flag for us because toddlers need to be busy and running around and you can't keep your eyes off them for a second. There's so many things to worry about. So let's just go with walking first. So what do you consider late for walking? Like when should a parent seek help? What are the signs? Generally, what I say is a child should take about four months to go from crawling to walking. So if your child was a late crawler, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't walk immediately at that 12-month mark. I had one of my children had a little bit of lower tone, but she still managed to walk at like 10 months. And then I had my other kid that I thought was a beast and really strong, and he didn't walk till 14 months. So there's definitely variation just based on so many different different things that sometimes I don't even know the answer. But I would say that isn't walking after 18 months, then I would seek out some kind of help or intervention. Sometimes it's something really simple, like targeting the core and getting them more confident and in their standing. And then they can just take right off. You know, some kids are 15 months, and they're just a little bit timid and shy. And once you give them that confidence, they're able to walk really well. And then what can you do as a parent, like if your child has been crawling and you think that they're progressing normally, but what can we do to help our children develop that kind of that core strength and all that they need to be physically active toddlers? 
I always say just the way that you position different things in the home can really help them to get that kind of strength. So kids need a lot of just um, practice to squat, to bend down, to pick things back up. That's a great core exercise. So I love some kind of a setup where, you know, there's something that's a little bit higher up and then something else on the floor. So they could take a ball and put it up in a basket or just lots of up and down movement is really going to help them build all the muscles that they need to get up and walking. I also say to get your kids out of those walkers. So those walkers, in fact, in the U.S., we are the only like civilized country that still allows walkers because they're so dangerous and they actually are very bad for a child's joints and they delay walking because they don't allow the right muscles to kick in. So if you're using a walker, hoping that your baby is going to learn how to walk, it's actually preventing the whole process, which I parents always find fascinating. So a couple of years ago, one of my cousins who lives in Toronto called and said, hey, I can't find any walkers in the local store. Do you mind just bringing me one from Walmart? And I said, yeah, sure. No problem. I already know I don't love them, but I try not to get too physical therapy with my family. And I got one and we packed it in the car and we were driving and we get to the border and they ask us to pop the trunk and the border patrol says, what is this? And I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about. It turns out that the walkers are actually illegal in Canada and that's why she could never find one. And it was just such a great like liberating moment for me because I know that they're so bad for kids and just to hear that they're not allowed was so great. And then I went and I did a bunch of research and found that apparently the U.S. is the only place where they're legal. So they're really, really bad for the kids. And most other countries have figured it out. And hopefully we will too at some point. Oh, that is fascinating. And what about those jumpers? So, you know, you hang something in a door jam and then the baby kind of like bounces up and down and jumps. What are those doing for a child? Honestly, they're not really doing much. Again, it's it can be fun and it's something that you can put your child in. But if your child's feet are not planted flat on the ground and they're just kind of, you know, using their um, momentum to go up and down, it's not really strengthening anything. So I always recommend to use it very sparingly, you know, like 10, 15 minutes if you need to be making dinner or whatever it is and you just sort of need your baby to be somewhere safe, then it's okay to use. But in terms of them getting any kind of strength or developing the skills that they need for walking, again, it's more delaying the process rather than helping. I always just say to minimize gear. I mean, kids don't need a ton of different things to be in all the time, you know, just a safe place on the floor to play with. Kids, you know, you give them a spoon and a Tupperware and they'll, you know, find something to do. So they're so creative and so curious. And um, I find that just leaving them to be is always the best way to get those muscles activating. And and what about baby carrying? Do you encourage baby carriers like carrying your baby on you and your toddler? Um, is there any research from an OT's perspective or from your you know kind of professional background that that would support or not support carrying your baby? I absolutely love baby wearers. In fact, I recommend them to almost everyone that comes in here, as long as it's 
fitting mom very well so that she's not having any kind of pain and her alignment is good. So her shoulders are stacked over her hips, which are stacked over her knees. Um, and she's nice and upright and not sort of hunched over or arching her back too much. Um, and the baby is sitting comfortably. It's actually a great way to build muscle because the baby isn't really just slumped, but he's actively up and looking around and twisting. So he's getting a lot of movement. So I actually really like baby wearers and I encourage moms to use them. I love hearing that. That's really <laughs> encouraging and <laughs> very consistent what we've been hearing too. So you were talking about toe walkers and and balance. How do you know how do you know if your child is doing something that might be maybe not as healthy for them, whether that's like toe walking or their balance might be an issue? How, how can you tell with what's normal and then what when you need to seek help? One of the things that is usually a sign that there's some kind of like a core weakness is something called W-sitting. And I'm sure that you've heard about this all over um, because it's becoming more and more popular. And W-sitting is basically when a child is sitting with their bottom on the floor and then their knees are bent and their feet are positioned outside of their hips. So if you're like standing from above them, you would see that their legs are shaped like a W. And, um, you know, in and of itself, it's not a bad position, but children, you know, will move in, move out of this position. And that's okay, as long as they're not staying there for long periods of time. And as long as it's not the only way that they choose to sit. Um, there are risks with W sitting for sitting for long periods of time, or um, if that's their go-to position, it's not good for their hips. And of course, it definitely prevents that core strength and stability that I was talking about, because that wide stance of their legs make it easier to just keep the body upright. And so they're not using all of the other muscles of their abdomen, um, their back, their pelvis to develop the strength as they would if they were sitting in other positions. So W sitting is always a sign that there could be some kind of weakness going on. Tell me about balance. How can you tell if your toddler is just just learning to walk or might have some other deeper underlying issues and need support with balance? You'll see kids that have some trouble balancing. And a lot of it, again, comes from that core. I will always do lots and lots of balance work with any child that comes to me because it just helps generally. So with a toddler, they love, you know, being up and walking. I love like holding a hand, walking along like a narrow curb. That's a great way to work on balance. And, you know, you have to slow down and like let them sort of take their time to do it. And then some children can walk and stand without help, but then still choose to crawl. Is this normal? Like how long does it take for a child to become good at walking? I get this question all the time on Instagram, tons of DMs, like my daughter took her first steps, but she's still trying to crawl around. And so, you know, you have to remember that that is their muscle memory. So a baby's go-to for their muscle memory is the fastest and the easiest way to do things. So when they're still learning to walk, there's, it's not that they're not necessarily interested, but they're so focused on whatever it is that they want to get that they will go to their quickest and fastest way to get something. So it usually takes, I would say, six weeks of just practicing in like a very low stress environment of taking steps before it becomes their primary mode of locomotion. So I always tell parents, 
don't freak out. Like, just let them do it. Just give them time to get up and walk and fall and get up and walk and fall. A couple steps here and there, but don't expect it to be their go-to the minute they take their first few steps. And always without fail, they'll come back to me and say, you were so right. I just, I didn't need to do anything except be patient. <laughs> yes. Isn't that so much in parenting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> patient. Um, kids, so kids are le- generally, older kids are generally less active than they were a generation ago. So how about thinking about toddlers? What are some ways to encourage muscle development in our toddlers in a natural way so that they become these really active kids? What I always like to do is empower parents. I say that you are your child's greatest teacher because you understand your child the very best and you can create opportunities for learning through play that are fun. One of the first things that I love doing, and this is if you remember, Jess, when we were kids, we used to always go outside and play like tug of war with our friends. So you'd have, you know, like a long piece of cloth or a rope or whatever it was, and we'd all stand on opposite sides, pulling and pulling and pulling. And that's really actually hard work for a body because you're engaging so many different muscles. So I do this at home with my son where I take a scarf or the other night we did it with like a pair of his pajama pants actually. And, you know, I was sitting down on my knees and he was standing up and I said, let's play tug of war. You pull and I'll pull too. And we each just sort of pull in our own direction. And, you know, you let them win a little bit and then you tug and pull and they'll come forward. And it was just this like back and forth of a couple of minutes where there was tons of giggles, so much fun. And we were both sweating by the end. (laughs) Oh, I love it. It's so simple. But what if I'm going to play that tonight? That is such a fun (laughs) classic game, but I never will have thought of it. Now it it has so much more purpose, right? In building core strength. That's Um, right. That's right. So so that's such a fun idea. What are some other ways to replicate outdoor play inside? It's raining today. You know, I... I'm just trying to think about how I can engage my kids inside. Do you have any ideas? Absolutely. So what I always say is take all the pillows off of the couch, throw them on the floor and let them build a fort. And you A, get to see just, you know, all of their curiosity and creativity juices start to flow. So they will make forts. And, you know, I always give them the little throw blanket that I have. So they create tunnels and they do all kinds of stuff. Um, And of course, with a toddler, you can help them create create those things. Um, But then at that moment, they're climbing, they're going down, they're squatting, they're jumping up, they're coming through, they're peeking out. You can also put chairs as well. And again, they can climb over them and through them and under them and just create tons of different movements all the time. Oh, I love that. And so thinking back on on what gross motor skills one-year-olds are working on, so many of your activities that you just described are working on these kind of core skills. By 18 months, what do you like to see from a gross motor perspective? So by 18 months, I definitely want a child to be walking. I want them to be able to start and stop and turn without falling, maybe even starting to run a little bit, um, starting to be able to manipulate a ball if it's rolled to them. I want them to be able to pull a toy behind them when they're walking and to start running a little bit on some level surfaces and to be able to carry like a large toy across the room or a basket without falling over. I just love imagining all of those things, especially the <laughs> basket without falling over. It's so cute when they're yeah. just tolling around with their containers. Um, what about what about two-year-olds? So what do you like to see 
in a, in a two-year-old from a gross motor development perspective? So by two years old, I definitely want a child to be able to run without falling. I want them to be able to start like jumping with both their feet in the air, actually leaving the ground. And I want them to be able to start climbing up and down the stairs while, you know, holding onto a handrail or holding onto a parent's arm. Those are all sort of really important things to be able to do by the time they're around two-ish. Those first jumps are so sweet. I remember reading a checklist kind of like this and being like, I don't know if my child can jump at two. And so I remember just seeing like, let's see, let's see if she can do it. Uh, it's, it's very helpful to hear those average ranges and kind of what, um, what you like to see from a, from your professional perspective. Yeah, so and I don't like to, you know, cause stress by these things, but it's just stuff for you to look out for and to try. I mean, there, you could take your two-year-old, if you haven't seen them jump, put them on the bed or the couch and hold their hands and just start singing five little monkeys jumping on the bed and just bounce a little bit with them and they'll be jumping in no time. What I always say is just have fun with them. You know, you want to be active. You want to enjoy time as a family. The numbers are that you want a child to be active for 60 minutes a day and you also don't want them to be idle for more than 60 minutes a day. So just encouraging that active movement is the greatest predictor of preventing sort of adult obesity later in life. And just daily exercise is really the key to being fit in general. So I say just do things together. Let your kids help you wash the car, you know, in the winter, shovel the snow, even if they're not doing it well, but just have them doing these things with you, raking leaves and jumping in them, planting and caring for a vegetable garden, you know, doing stretches and exercises if you're doing yoga, just lots of activities together because your toddler is really looking up at you and copying everything that you're doing. And so they're learning and their muscles are getting stronger. And they're also just looking to you as a role model for being physically active and fit and strong in the years to come. Giselle, it has been so fun being with you today. Thank you so much for all of your expertise. It's, it's great to talk to you. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun being here. Play is such a great vehicle for skill development, both mental and physical. Takeaway number one, After the first steps, it usually takes a child around six weeks to transition from crawling as their primary way of getting around to walking. Place objects on a low table just out of crawling reach and your soon-to-be toddler will be more motivated to pop up. Takeaway number two, try playing tug-of-war with your toddler. It engages all kinds of muscles. No need to find a rope, a blanket will do. It builds core strength and will certainly get a lot of giggles. Takeaway number three, blanket forts are a great way to replicate outdoor play inside. Empty boxes work magic too. Fort building involves lots of sitting, standing, crawling, and peeking. All of these build core strength, the key to an active, healthy life in the years to come. You can find more tips to get your toddler moving on the Love Every blog at loveevery.com. You've been listening to My New Life. If you think this episode might be helpful to a fellow parent, please share. And if you'd like to learn more about the topics discussed in today's show, head over to loveevery.com. That's L-O-V-E-V-E-R-Y.com. I'm Jessica Rolfe. Thanks for listening.